Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Inside the Ring Podcast Network. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. What the fuck? <laughs> Yay. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't even know how to start this show. I don't know how to talk uh, in a microphone apparently anymore. I don't know anything. I'm losing my mind. I know that as people are listening to this, if they're choosing to listen to this, because frankly, I would understand if people needed to protect their peace and not think about the Columbus Blue Jackets for a day. So if that, that's fine. I can understand that people might need to protect their peace today. And if that's you and you're not listening to our episode today, that's fine. But I, <sighs> Laura, I, I don't know how to start the show. I don't know how to do the show regularly because I don't know if I can just be like, Laura, how are you? Like, I don't know if I can even like flow into that like cute little like chit chatty that we do at the beginning of the show, because we're both reeling off of having just watched the blue jackets give up a five goal lead in the third period. And we're talking, we're, we're like coming here to talk about, this team we're gonna obviously talk about the fact that they got a win in toronto which like at face value is cool but like i don't think either of us give a fuck about the fact that they just won a hockey game like we're both just so like (laughs) i don't know i don't know how to describe it maybe we should maybe it's best to stay in rhythm maybe it's best to ask you how you're doing and just go from there but i just i don't know even how to do this right now like i don't even know what to say or do um (laughs) some could say I'm feeling a lot like the Blue Jackets in the third period where I just lose all sense of ability to act in a way that I am a common citizen. I know how to talk. I know how to do all these kind of things. I just can't do it right now. So again, I must just be the third period Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, that's pretty accurate, I would think, if that's how you're feeling. Um, Wow. If you show up, if you show up for the first two thirds of your day and then the last third, you just kind of don't know where you are, or how you got there. Um, that's pretty correct. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe we're onto something there with me. I don't know. But anyway, continue. Um, yeah, no, I mean, typically hockey is supposed to. I don't know. I mean, it, it provided some, some form of joy earlier in this evening. Um, but it, you know, drastically changed um, with every single goal scored in the third period. Um, and, you know, just sort of the sound, the sound of Austin Matthews getting two goals um, just really pained me a lot. But um no, I'm just kind of, I'm a little low, low energy this week. So, um, I got a lot going on. Um, work is crazy and, but you know, just December, December-ness, I guess. I have a lot of projects that I'm working on for Christmas gifts and, um, 
didn't think that I was going to make as many pit sales this year as I did last year for my dad's wedding, but turns out I'm making more than that. Um, so that sounds right. Uh, which is fine because I enjoy making them. And um, I, friend of the show, Megan, helped me make them this past weekend. And we made, if you count the reject ones, which are the ones that we forgot were in the iron and got burnt, um, we made like 20 dozen. And, but really there was like 19 salvageable dozen. And she took... Um, like three or four dozen to work yesterday for their like cookie exchange. And she texted me um, midday and was like, Oh my God, people are freaking out about the pizzas. And I was like, really? And she goes, yeah, they love them. People keep finding me because people tell them that I'm the one that brought them and um, they love them and all those sort of stuff. And um she was like, people are asking for the recipe, but I told them it's not mine to share. Like, how do you feel? And uh, so I gave it to her. So she was able to share it with her coworkers. And um, so that was a little spark of joy. But other than that, I'm just very happy that it's Friday when you're listening to this um, and that it's the weekend. So, yeah, I need this weekend in a bad way. But other than that, that's about all that I can physically say about things right now. But Valid. Valid. So how are you? Yeah, not great. <laughs> not, not ideal. Yeah, no, it's not awesome. Um, no, I'm fine enough, I guess. Like, I'm just, like, trying to get by and trying to – I don't, like – I, for anybody who's listening to the show that has dealt with or continues to deal with any sort of grief or loss or whatever have you like these time this time of year like just kind of sucks i think at times and uh i'm just yeah i'm just really in that space right now like i just am not really interested in much <laughs> at the moment and then the things that i am interested in are not bringing me a ton of joy <laughs> either which is great um namely the columbus blue jackets but yeah, no, I mean, like, I think it's just one of those years where this time of year is just heavy, and it's not that it's necessarily a bad thing that it's heavy. Um, sometimes that's good, I think, but yeah, no, I'm just finding myself to be pretty exhausted and drained, and I am, uh, to, to your analogy, which was funny, but also, like, I was like, huh, wait, actually, yeah, a little bit. This makes sense for me. Uh, yeah, I just literally, I get off of work usually, and I just come home, and, like, I'm, I'm laying in bed just kind of hanging out. That's <laughs> just like doing that whole like bed rotting is that what it's called like i feel like people yeah that's mm-hmm. hey hi everybody it's me bed rot um it's my drag name <laughs> it's bed rot but no i just getting through just trying my best to keep going and just get through break is it starts thursday for me well no it starts like after thursday of next week so um you know getting closer to an extended period of time off got a chance to see a lot of students graduate earlier this weekend like last weekend which was always fun and always great uh and i got a flex day for it so i think i'm gonna take monday off and only work a three-day week next week into my vacation so love that for me but felt felt like what i need so that should be good i'm having a dip party this weekend with all of my friends in grand rapids four 
and that'll <laughs> so that'll be lovely. Um, and yeah, no, so I mean, like, I'm fine in the sense that like I'm okay, but like it's just a heavy time of year, and the a lot of the things that are lighting lighten that load from time to time are are not doing that all that significantly well this this time of year. So kudos to the Blue Jackets and kudos to all the things <laughs> outside of that space for me. But no, um, you know, I think like to kind of, to get back to that point, to get to the hockey side of it, like to not be as much of a Debbie Downer as I'm being right now. Um, I, I'm saying this like, as if you guys don't know that we talk pretty openly about like our mental and stuff like that on the show. It's so, like, I don't know why I'm apologizing for it. Maybe I'm being a little bit more vulnerable than I normally am on the show. You're welcome for that. But I, also, sorry if it sounds bad. Still, I still don't have my mic. But I, Laura, what's the natural segue here? Like, what's the pivot point? Like, what's the like way that we start to talk about what's going on? Like, about where we're at, about what the Blue Jackets are doing on the ice that is concerning, and how what they're saying when they get off the ice. Maybe is it isn't as reassuring as we want it to be. Like what, wh- where do we start with this thing? Um, I think where we start is with all good comes bad because that's kind of been what's happened is the last game or the first game that would have happened since we last recorded um, would have been last Friday where uh, against the blues where we won but we lost our captain for six weeks. Right. Um, and so then we, is it only been one other game, I think, since yeah, then? Yeah, they had, they had time off, yeah. Um, and we lost, yeah, because we lost Sunday um, the, against the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing other than uh, Erica Branson getting um, suspended for a game. Um, so, but we still lost nonetheless, but a suspension, he'll be back, you know, on Saturday when we play again, but, you know, in today where we had two, um, really great periods and obviously a terrible third period, still a win, but a win that we can't be proud of. But I think the bigger story that's getting overshadowed with this is that, Patrick Line probably either broke his collarbone or separated his shoulder tonight. Well, here's hoping that it's not that serious. I hope that it's not, but I mean, it didn't look great. So we just can't seem to find a way to have good all the way through. I think there it has just... to be something that. What? No, I was just gonna say I think you could have just like ended it there, period. Like we can't have good, period. There's <laughs> <laughs> no but, like we just can't have good. Um and I think it's I mean, I just think it's frustrating. It's frustrating for everyone. It's frustrating whether or not you've been um a fan for the last twenty plus years or a fan for the last ten years, five years, whatever, you know since 2019, if you jumped on that bandwagon, since Johnny Gaudreau became a blue jacket, like, you know, all these sorts of things, like, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating to have all these pieces and to see all of this potential and to see what this team can be. 
to see that this team through two periods versus a winning Toronto Maple Leafs can outscore them five nothing and have the most confidence in the entire world and then go into the locker room and come out like a completely different team and give up five goals. And a good majority of those goals weren't Elvis's fault. Um, They were the result of a complete defensive breakdown of not understanding how to protect the lead and just completely losing an identity it's it's imposter syndrome. It's imposter syndrome. It's like they get themselves into this bubble of joy and confidence over a period of two. And then some for some reason, someone comes in with a pin in the second intermission and just bursts that bubble. And they don't have any idea how they played with that much skill or that much confidence. And completely just break down in the third period. And um, I think it has to be more than this because I think it's happened more than this, but it's at least nine or 10 times that they've so far this season that they've blown a major lead. Um, And I mean, I guess thank God or think what, you know, whomever you believe in or the universe that they were able to pull off, an overtime lead or an overtime win because in any other universe, in any other day, in any other situation, we don't win this game. Um, And it's embarrassing to now have this record as the first ever NHL team to win a game after giving up a five goal lead. Um, And it's just, it's disheartening. And it, I have stopped watching um, post-game press conferences in real time. I wait to watch them until later. Um, but I can already tell from social media that it's just a lot of the same thing. A lot of, we're growing, we're learning, we're doing this. And I'm a pretty optimistic person, but even I am tired of the growing and learning because how can you grow and learn for 40 minutes and then, or how can you use the things that you've grown into and learned in the first 40 minutes and then not be able to maintain it for the last 20? Like it just doesn't make any sense. And I don't, I'm not smart enough to know what the issue is. I just know that there is an issue. Um, And it's just, it's disheartening because I fully believe that the pieces are there. The skill is there. The talent is there. The future is there, but we just can't seem to catch a break and we just can't seem to keep it going. You know, we're the, it's, (laughs) we're imposters at this point. So I mean, I mean, you asked me how to how to transition into this, but there really is no transition because it's just not. It kind of just is. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and I think here's the thing. Here's the thing. I am almost disappointed that they won this game. And here's why. Because I think it gives you too many outs, right? Like, I think that 
for one, Ken Johnson saved people's jobs tonight. Like, and I'm, and I actually, like, I, I emphatically believe that. Like, I, I truly do. Like, this is the kind of a game that, like, people do get fired for. I don't know who. I'm not going to speculate as to who, but like, people get fired for games like this, especially if there's a trend there, right? Because it's, it, it demonstrates something else. You know, I. I almost wish that they would have just fucked it up and lost because there's a part of me that thinks that, you know, you, you're just going to hear, and we heard it, right? Like we heard it in the post game, right? It's like just finding ways to get two points, just finding ways to get two points. Okay, fine. I, it's not that I don't hear that. It's not that I don't understand that winning a hockey game is, is a better result than losing a hockey game. Like I'm not an idiot. But the thing is, is that I am just so tired of this, you know, we we finally, and at least to the, some extent, like the players are starting to own the fact that they don't, you know, that they don't hold on to a lead in the third period, that they don't know how to finish games, that they don't, this, that, and the other thing. Like they're recognizing that and they're not giving us the answer as to why they think it's happening. And I pray to God that's just because they don't want to talk about it outside of the room because there's a part of me that thinks that they don't have any fucking idea what's going on. <laughs> like, I tr- like that's the scariest part of this whole thing. Do they even know why these collapses are happening? Is it just that they get the yips? Like, I, could it be, right? Like, is there just a lack of belief in that room that when you're up by that margin that you can find a way to do it? Truly, I believe that if you don't score, get that goal scored on you 38 seconds into the third period – that you probably are going to find a way to win that game in regulation. That goal happens and it plants seeds of doubt. It started on Twitter at 5-1, guys. At 5-1, people were like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. And like at 5-1, okay, it's being a little dramatic, but is it? And then this team finds a way to blow that 5-1 lead, or I mean really the 5-0 lead, right? And and we're sitting here and we're having the same conversation over and over again about a blown lead, about people reacting to that, about trying to point fingers and who to blame and all that kind of stuff. And it, at some point, like there just has to be something that changes. I don't know what that is. At some point, it just has to happen because there's no way that we can sit in this space for months on end and keep it going. I have to tell you all, like I, <laughs> I'm not obviously a player on this team, right? Like I, I do not, I subscribe myself to watching the games and getting on here and talking about them with you all. That's what I commit to. That's what I do. I can't imagine being a player right now in this space because as somebody who just gets to talk about what's happening and not somebody who has to live through that constantly, that would be fucking miserable. Now I also can't imagine making millions of dollars a year to play hockey. So, I mean, Two things are true at once, but I can't imagine how miserable it is in that space. And so like, I get it to some extent, but at the same time, it has to change. Something has to change and it has to change quickly because I, I know that y'all don't want to hear us keep talking about this. I know that the two of us don't want to keep talking about this. I know that the people in that locker room don't want this to result to be what we're seeing game in and game out. And I know that there are people that, own this organization that are tired of this. And I know that there are people who are on the brink of moving on from this team, from their fandom, from this team, because of the just pure, I don't want to say negligence. Negligence is probably too aggressive of a word, but there's just no, 
what is there to look forward to? Right? Because here's the thing. Every time we've been told, here's, <laughs> let's get back on our mental health bullshit for a second. Are we mm. ready? My therapist, God love her, her name's Ashley. Ashley notices a pattern in my behavior and says, I'm noticing that you always say that as long as you make it to this date, things will be better and things will be easier. And you keep creating more dates after that date. You keep finding more things at the end of that tunnel that are like, okay, but once I get to this point, it'll be better. That's how I'm starting to feel about this hockey team. I'm starting to feel like it's like, a, oh, okay, well, like this season was growing pains. We had injuries. We had this and the other. We have so many young stars that are here ready to really make a difference next year. It's going to be great. Next year comes. Oh, bad news. Bad news. Hey, bad news. And we're just going to like, I, I feel like we're in this cycle where it's like, we're just going to, okay, next year though, hold out, hold out hope. Next year, going to be so, next year. And it just isn't coming, right? Like, I mean, like, we're then starting to create more arbitrary dates. And obviously, you're seeing glimpses of progress in these players. I'm not I'm not trying to be a total Debbie Downer here. But, like, what is there to look forward to? Like, I'm struggling. Like, period. I'm just going to say this right now. I'm struggling to be a fan of this hockey team right now. And I, you are listening to two people who are supposed to be the most bought in to what's going on. And I'm not speaking for Laura necessarily, but like I am struggling. How can you not be struggling to engage with this right now? It's hard. It is fucking hard. And it's a privilege to be able to do it. So yo, I'm not here to complain. But wow, like it is so hard to do this right now. Like it's so hard to care when it doesn't feel like that's being reciprocated by who's on the ice and by the veterans on this team and all this. I don't know. Like it's just so infuriating to watch week after week after week to get on here and talk about it week after week and say the same shit and say the same shit every week. It's, it's ridiculous. It's getting old. I'm like, I, it's infuriating. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, there's, that's exactly, you know, what it is. I think, you know, there's a lot of um, yada, yada, yada coming in the press cycles, like from the players and from, you know, the coaches and all that sort of stuff. And it's just this, you know, record playing over and over again of, well, like I said, we're growing, we're learning. And, you know, kind of after tonight, just seeing like what some of the the player statements were after and even seeing the video of KJ getting the Kepi and what he said was, you know, we, we made this game more exciting than we needed to, but it was a fun win. Like, I don't think that's the truth. Um, and I don't know why they're feeling the need to like not be up front. Um, it was a few weeks ago where, Zach was kind of the first one. Gabranson has done it before too, but like they don't let him talk as much as they let other people talk to to the media. But, you know, Zach was kind of the first one to say, which is astounding because his personality is um, like oatmeal, but like he was the first to kind of express his frustration and, you know, his, mindset of like we are better than this like we can do better than this we just have to figure it out and so that's leading me to believe you know do they not is it different for everyone as to what is wrong like is everyone having a an issue that's different or is it a whole team thing is it something you know so 
instrumental that they don't feel comfortable alluding to it because obviously they're not going to talk about they're not going to outwardly talk about like certain things because and they shouldn't because those are things that should just be between you know the players and the coaches and like in the room and it should be um not up for discussion and public opinion but like to not even allude to something like them as fans like I imagine all of them as like younger kids watching NHL games and none of them would stand for this like even as young players themselves none of them would look at this and be like oh yeah this is definitely just growing pains like all of these players on this team got here because they excel because excellence is in their blood because they love to win to perform at the highest level they possibly can. So you can't tell me that 12 and 13 year old versions of all of them would be sitting there going, yeah, this makes total sense. This is absolutely like a young team, you know, trying to find their way sort of situation. No, they're fucking throwing popcorn at the TV. They're, you know, yelling and screaming. They're, you know, being like so-and-so sucks and other, you know, interesting teenage boy lingo that I'm sure that they use. Um, And they're pissed off. They're pissed off at their favorite hockey team. And so you have to, like, you can't believe that they're okay with this. Um, And, you know, there's too many different outliers for, you know, a simple fan to point it out. But you know, you're finally getting some, and the frustrating thing is that you are finally getting some, some creativity and some chemistry on some of these lines. And you're seeing that you saw that through the first 40 minutes of this game, you saw that last Friday during the win against St. Louis, like, and you're seeing them stand up for each other. Is it resulting in the best things? No. But, like, you are seeing them stand up for each other. So you know that they at least care about one another. But there's just something that they can't seem to defend the good work that they've done. And that's a problem. Yeah. So I would love to see more of them just being pissed. More of them, you know, coming off of this situation. I would have loved for one of them to say, we did not deserve to win this game. Yeah. Just one of them. Because I know Boone is sitting here at home in Columbus going, that was fucking ridiculous. I mean, he can't really because. Yeah, mouth. um, Mouth doesn't exactly open super far right now. But, you know, he's sitting at home. Jack Roslovic is sitting at home. You know, even Eric DeBranson, who was on the trip to Toronto, because it's not like he's hurt, he was just suspended for a game, was probably sitting up in the press box fucking losing his mind. Like, because he knows that this isn't right. You know, they all do. They just aren't willing to show it outwardly. And that's frustrating to fans, too. Because you want them to be disappointed as much as you are. Um, Yeah. And it just sucks. And our schedule's not getting any easier. Like, 
it's just getting and we're not going to have the like nice cushion of a lot of home games coming into the second half of this season because they front loaded a lot of our home games because the U.S. Olympics is coming into Nationwide Arena for a good chunk of January. So like we're going to be on the road a lot. And like, and then you have the all-star break where we're also on the road before and after a lot. And so you're not going to have the like cushion of performing well in front of a home crowd, which is where we have performed the best. So if they can't rally and figure this out, it is going to be a long 50 plus games that we have left. I, what I'll tell you is that there's a part of me, they always say that if you're going to suck, suck on the road. There's a part of me that thinks that if that collapse in the third period would have happened at Nationwide Arena, that that actually would have been more harm than good. <laughs> like at this stage in the season where things are at, like. Oh, I think we would have burned down the place. 100, like we would have taken control. The cannon crew would have had no shot. It would have just been the fifth line taking the cannon and doing what they needed. Um, no, not really. Of course not. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just, and sometimes I hear what you, like what you said, like, I hear you and I agree with you fundamentally, but I'm like, are, like, are they upset about it? Like, are there play? And I think largely all of them are, but are there players in that room that just aren't like, I, can I be crazy for a second? Mm-hmm. You said you didn't watch the post games tonight. Right. Okay, I don't know what it was. KJ's post-game interview killed me. I texted Kyle and I said, this is going to put me into an early grave. I, he specifically was so, and and like, hear me say, like he had a great game. First three-point game of his career. Two goals and assist, game winner in overtime. And like, this kid was like to the moon. And I don't want to take that from him. Obviously a big night for him in some ways, right? Like kind of a coming out appearance for him. Like he did really well, but man, there was something about his post game interview that made it sound like it was like the shoe was on the other foot. Like there was like the jackets that found a way to get a gutty win and like all this kind of stuff. It sounded like he was like, I mean, he was thrilled, right? Like he was talking about how excited he was to play in overtime. I was like, I was pissed that you were playing in overtime. Like, what do you mean you're excited for that opportunity? And I get it. And I don't want to take it from him. I just like, even that to me right now, I'm like, God, what, what do you mean? Can you be less excited about the fact that you had a great game? And I shouldn't say that. But, like, there's a part of me that's like, sure, yeah, you had a three-point game, Kent. You won the game for us. But doesn't it really fucking suck when you had to win the game for us? Like, can you say that? Like, can you say that and just say that, like, I really wish we didn't have to be in that situation. But when we were, I'm glad that I was able to make a difference. Sounds awesome. Great response, Kent. Like, he was just, like, kind of, like, hockey with it. And I'm like, man, that's just not a good look right now. I don't know. I'm probably reading too much into it. I'm probably going to catch it for that. But watch it later and tell me if I'm crazy. I I will respond well to it from you if you tell me that I'm crazy. Well, I mean, like, it is reflective of his Kepi speech. You know, the sort of, like... Oh, and I didn't, it, I didn't hear that. So, like, you can, you know, he he said we made it more exciting than we needed to, but it was a really fun win. And I know that that is a reflection of a of a young player whose ego outshines sometimes, and he was feeling himself a lot. Which I again, like you said, I don't blame him. 
It's his first three-point game. He won the game. I know. it's When they shouldn't have won to begin with. So you don't want to kill his joy, like, in a sense. But you want him to have the foresight of being, like, they should not have won that game. Like, nothing about the third period says that they should have won that game. No, I'm And like- it's just a complete, like, blindsided, like... Even Elvis handing him, Elvis didn't think we should have won. It read all over Elvis's face that we should not have won this game and he should not be giving the kepi to someone. Like, but he hands it to Ken and Ken's like, that was fucking fun. Let's go home and do it again sort of situation. And I'm like, what game were you watching? And like you said, like, that's the hardest part about that whole thing, too, is it's like, oh, man, like, I like, don't want to take this joy from you. Like, I don't want to, <laughs> like, I don't want to, like, but also can't. Like, I, like, don't know. I, I'm with like, you. It's I so wanted hard. To, I wanted to be like, you can sit in the bathroom on the plane right home. Like, I, like, you can keep your joy to yourself. Everyone else needs to sit in that situation and be forced to rewatch the game the whole way home and like in in the post game and like this like i don't know i like uh i don't know it just like rubbed me the wrong way he like called like toronto like the center of the hockey universe and like how great it was to like be playing there and all this kind of stuff And i'm like oh, oh god i know that you're not like i know that that's i'm just being annoying at that point where i'm like oh man like but like be pissed <laughs> like, don't talk about how great toronto like i'm like shut up right now like just be quiet um but no nevertheless i mean yeah it's just hard to with him especially to like you want to be excited and like i want them to learn from this but like i also want them to learn like i don't want this to be the way they have to learn all season like i don't want this to be the way that they get their you know they get their joy they get their moments of of development right like i need that to be in situations that feel a little bit more stable because this is this whole thing has destabilized in, in a big way. And I don't think it's worth, like, I don't think it's worth ignoring the fact that like you're playing that game without Boone Jenner, you're playing that game without Erica Branson, who I like think has been a pretty vocal leader in the locker room this year. You're playing that game with, you know, out Patrick line for the last half of it, if you include overtime. So, I mean, I like hear me say that like, there are things there like in Toronto is good. Like there are things there but you don't lose five. Like, you're up five now, you don't lose. Like, you don't and, – and they didn't lose, so, like, I guess I should catch myself, like, there, but it feels like it, right? Like, you just don't get in the position where you have to play that game in overtime. You just don't. And it just, like – and I wonder how those guys not being a part of that affect it, but at the same time, like, there's no scenario. I can't think of one unless it's, like, an emergency backup goalie. Like, that's the only thing I can think of. I cannot we think we can't have another goalie. We have three. <laughs> well, and, and it wouldn't have even been ours. It would have been the 45 year old Zamboni driver for the Marlies would have come down and for the Maple Leafs and would have lost the game. But you know what I mean? Like that's the only literal only reason I can think of giving up a five goal lead in the third period. That would be excusable. No other scenario. I don't care if you were playing with nine forwards and four defensemen. You just can't do it. <laughs> and so I, I'm not trying to excuse it when I ask that question, but it has to have an impact. Well, and it's, it's the real juxtaposition where you see 
Um, you know, obviously we win quote unquote six, five tonight, but then you look at the Cleveland monsters who won five, one, like that's how it should have looked on our end. Like, because yes, you're up five goals, but against a team like Toronto, you should be able to handle them getting a couple of goals in the third period because yes, they're going to rally back. Like any, any team worth its, you know, weight in gold is going to rally back in the third period when they're down five, nothing like, especially a team like Toronto that has egos like William Nylander, Nylander and Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Like, you tried though. You tried to be this person in our text messages, and I was not having it. I, uh, <laughs> you were like, "Of course they're going to make a push," but now it's time to see what happens. And then, but, but no. But the thing right, is, though. is yes, that is the expectation is that they're going to push, and our team should know that and should be able to defend the lead that they built for themselves. Agreed. Like it can't just be all on Elvis in the third period to stop every single shot. Like he faced, I think it was 44 or something was the final like on goal, but he had over a hundred shot attempts at him in this game. Like you can't put it all, whether it's Elvis or anyone else, you can't just put it on the goaltender to win the game in the third period for you. Like you have to actually defend, you have to actually still be competitive you can't just be like, oh, two periods, we're up five, nothing. Sweet. This is this game is ours because it's not. And yeah. 48 was the total number, by the way. You undersold yeah. your boy. I'm sorry. 48 full-on attempts, over a hundred attempts. Which like, includes everything. Yes. But hear hear this. The Jackets had 38 block shots. Like that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, this game could have ended up being like 72 to 5. Like it just <laughs> like it it just you just can't do that. You can't do that. Period. That's just it. Like that's just the, the whole conversation is just you can't do that. So, and you know, I got to kind of think that um we were a bit of a tipping point for St. Louis deciding to fire their coach at midnight last night. Oh, um, have you seen this drama that's like actively currently unfolding? I saw a little bit. I didn't read about it though. So, so there's, big, a, there's actually some scandal, isn't there? No, that's what, that was with the wild. So there is something that happened with that. They had an investigation. That's the scandal I've been seeing about. There might be something related to Craig Rubey. I don't know. But Jordan Cairo got asked about like his relationship with him, and he this I don't know when he said it because, like you said, I mean, like they fired him like right like overnight essentially. Um, but in his next availability that he had, he said something along the lines of like he's not my coach. Like, I'm not going to answer like any, like he's not my coach. Any, like, you know what I mean? Like very matter of fact. And Jordan Cairo tonight, they played in St. Louis and the fans in St. Louis were like booing him when he touched the puck. Like it was like the same way that we do when like Jeff Carter touches the puck, but like they were doing it to their own guy. 
Wow. And in his post game availability, apparently, like he was like, he was like crying. Like he was like talking about it. Like, and he was like, it was the toughest hockey game I've ever played in my entire life to be booed by the place that I love to play in front of and like all this kind of stuff. And like, yeah, I'm like, holy shit. I was like, please don't let us ever get to that place. Like, I don't know. Like as a fan base, like, I, I don't know. Um, please let us never get to the place where like, that's like what things look like in Columbus. But and like, they're like not as bad as us. Correct. So, like, what's, or at least, like, statistically, right? Like, I mean, like, if you just look at the standings. And so, um, it's <laughs> just, oh, God. <laughs> just please don't let us ever, like, please don't ever have to what, let me have to watch, like, Igor Chinnikov trying not to cry. Like, and I picked the Russian because that feels the most dramatic. But, like, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just don't want to get to that place. But the point that I was trying to make with that was like, what is the tipping point? Like, what is the tipping point for us? Like, other teams have had tipping points already so far in the first third of this season. And like, obviously, like you said earlier, I'm not picking out anybody specific. Like, but like, and I'm not even saying to fire anybody right now in the season. But something has something has to shift. Like it just, it has to shift. Um, you know, I thought having, cause yes, the schedule has been full. We've played so many more games than a good handful of teams already. So like, I know fatigue is a thing that they're battling. Cause just having like a few days off did them such good again in those first two periods, but clearly not in the third and so, like, obviously fatigue is a thing, but it's not just that. Like, and it can't it can't just be, it's not, you know, the young team thing. Like, and I'm so, like, it just, and it, no one should, no one should bitch about the kids playing tonight because Adam Fantilli had almost 20 minutes of ice time this evening. Like, it, I think it was like 1926 was his final amount of ice time. Like, the kids are playing. Like, they're getting there. And, again, it goes back to everything that we harped on last week, too, about not understanding when people don't play on, like, penalty kills and power plays and stuff like that, and that's why they don't get ice time. But that's beside the point. That wasn't the case this evening. But something has to shift or... Or nothing. Something just has to shift. I'm not giving it an, an opportunity for it not to um, because there's too much of the season left. And yeah. something just needs to fucking shift. Well, and I think, like, to that point, like, I'm not convinced that tonight wasn't on the verge of becoming that tipping point, right? Like, I think that tonight, if you lose this game, is a tipping point. I think that, again, because the Blue Jackets have always been a moderately conservative organization when it comes to things like this, like, that's not going to be a tipping point when you find a way to win. It's just, like, I don't see that happening for Columbus. Like, it's not the same as, like, in Edmonton where they were basically trying to figure out what they were going to do after they started out absolute dog shit, and then you get one game and Jay Woodcroft goes out and, like, they win, and, like, they win pretty significantly, and then they still get fired the next day. Like, that's not something I think this organization is capable of doing, and so I just don't see – um, I don't know. I just don't see anything happening as a result of this game. But I mean, like, I think it adds another like 
another thing to the column, right? Like another feather in the cap of the, you know, off season conversations that are going to happen. And I don't know. It's just, I agree with you. Like it can't be like this for the rest of the season, but I think what, like to your question, like what's the tipping point in some ways, like, could you make an argument? And this is not a good argument. Like, and I don't want to make it because it makes it sound like I'm happy about it. And I'm not, but like, is the tipping point in Boone Jenner getting hurt in the sense that you have to play some of these younger guys more minutes to fill in that gap. And maybe that saves what this season, it won't save the season in terms of like making the playoffs or even being competitive, but does it at least save what the season could be about? Like, does it at least save, right? Like at least for these six weeks, does it change the narrative of what the blue jackets look like on the ice? And maybe it does. And maybe it's the kind of thing where it's like, you can't get out of your own way. And sometimes you just need nature to do what it needs to do. And unfortunately, like, again, I'm not happy that Boone Jenner's out for six weeks, but is that going to change it? Right. Like, is that going to make it so that you have to think a little bit uncomfortably if you're Pascal Vincent, you can't lean on the same people you have been, you have to rely on these younger guys and these Russians who have also been pretty good over the last few weeks. Well, I think, I think that's definitely like going to get them Boone's injury. Just don't even get me started is like a good three quarter push. But I think also shifting if Patrick is hurt for an extended period of time, I think that that then shifts the focus to, to getting these younger, because so much focus has been on getting Patrick and Johnny to start performing again. But if Patrick isn't there for an extended period of time, then the focus can shift back to these younger players. I mean, because, I mean, you're definitely taking a hit with Boone being out. I mean, he was our number one center. Um, He had a bit of a slower start this season than he's had before, but he was still playing, you know, really well. His face-off percentage was still doing really well. He's the fucking captain. So, like, he was being that voice, you know, on the ice for everyone. Um, He goes out in a crazy situation by one of our own players. Like, you know, so that's a big hole to fill, which this is a total side tangent. I know that people were upset, like people were up in arms today and yesterday about the lines. And first of all, I don't super understand the Justin Danforth slander. Like, you know, people are just like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's on the top line. He's playing well. So, like, I don't really know. And also, okay, again, God, I like Boone Jenner. Please hear me say this. Like, I feel like I'm about to say things, and I just say things that make it sound like I don't like him on this episode. I swear I do. When your first line forwards have always consisted of Boone Jenner, like, I mean, like, I don't know that there's really all that, like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're looking at it across the board, like, we're not talking, like, these eons of, like, talent differential between a Boone Jenner and a Justin Danforth that feels, like, crazy to me that people can't, like, we've had, but, we've like, seen, it, Emil Bemstrom has played on this first line this season, 
that's true. Like, but it, it wasn't even Danforth that they were mad about. They were mad that Adam Fantilli was moved up oh, to the sure. top line with Johnny and Danforth and were separated from KJ. And it's like, what are you going to do? We needed to put, like, you're not going to move Johnny Gaudreau down. Like, he's finally started to play better. Like, you're not going to move him. Like, Justin Danforth has earned that spot. You need to move Adam up to the first. Like, and that's what you've been begging for this whole time is for Adam to be the number one center. So here you go. KJ, yes. KJ got his first multi-point game tonight. This is also only, it was only his second goal of the season. So, like, he's not ready yet to make that step with Adam. So, like, calm your fucking tits. Like, not, (laughs) this is, none of this is ideal. Like, none of this is ideal. But, like, we have to do what we have to do at this point. And Adam Fantilli is just one man. Actually, he's just one boy. He's 19. And he cannot carry this entire team on his back. He can't be on a line with every single person. (laughs) He just can't. (laughs) Laura, I... (laughs) He's just a boy. (laughs) No, it's... I haven't stopped laughing since he said none of this is ideal. Like, I don't know what it was about that. Like, it was like, no, it was the fact that it was calm your fucking tits, period. (laughs) None of this is ideal, period. That just felt so good to me. I don't know why. Oh, my God. That was good. That was really good. Um, No, and I mean, like, I think the other piece of that, too, is, like, these lines to some extent like and it's not to say that there isn't a first line second line whatever have you like they're getting played at such a weird clip anyway that like i it's even hard to identify like who is the first line because i mean like the russian line played more minutes tonight i think i can look real quick but like definitely more minutes than the um definitely more minutes than the fourth line the fourth line like really didn't play much at all but i mean they were playing just as much. I mean, like they were being run out there pretty even to the Russian line. Frankov seems like he didn't play as much, but with Chinnikov and Marchenko, like they were both out there for 19 minutes. And then that third, that's the first line you're looking at like between 1929 for Adam Fantilli, 1920 for Justin Danforth and 2055 for Johnny Goudreau. Like you're not looking at totally different ice times. So, like, first line, okay, call it what you want. But I also think that the way that that third line was playing tonight as originally constructed with Cole, Kent, and and, uh, Patty, they were lighting up. Like, they accounted for the first two goals, right? Like, so, I mean, I don't know. Like, there's a part of me that's, like, you just put together the people who have the chemistry and you see what happens and you play them accordingly. You adapt your versatile and who you're throwing out against who and you just hope for the best like i don't know like people read too much in the lines i agree with you 100 percent. it's just like just let them i feel about lines the way i feel about pluses and minuses well plus minus is a weird one and i just that's just been people's like this the so what is it? You said something earlier about Johnny not knowing turns of phrases. 
Oh, like the Roman Empire? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. (laughs) Blue Jackets lines are people's Roman empires. Like, I physically cannot spend that much time in my life thinking about the lines for this team. I usually have to text you, like, right beforehand. I'm like, hey, who's skating with who? But there are literal people in this fan base who will live and die by the lines of this team. I know, 100%. And... It just like that just can't be that just can't be your concern <laughs> at this point. Like it's so down to the fundamental the fundamentals that like there's a crack in the foundation. Like it, it's more than just the lines, my friends. It's more than just the lines. So you can literally you could make Adam Fantilli center every single line in this team, and it still wouldn't be good i just thought you were gonna say it just wouldn't period i i don't know i and and the other thing about it too right is like i i don't know i'm just i get wanting players to play with each other like i get like thinking that like because players do this side or the other thing that they're going to like have chemistry they're going to play well together like all that kind of stuff you know but for how long were we like Johnny Goudreau and Patrick Line, Johnny Goudreau and Patrick Line, Johnny Goudreau and Patrick Line. They don't work together. They don't, and that's fine. Like that's like not good. Again, to quote Laura, none of this is ideal. But you can manage that, right? Like, oh, ah, I have to have one line that has Patrick Line on it, and one line that has Johnny Goudreau on it. That sucks. Ah, like, ah, my life's hard. Like, that's not a bad thing necessarily, as long as you're able to like supplement that. But it's like. Sometimes, like, players just aren't destined to play. To- like, I know people want Adam Fantilli and Crow Martango to play together. Like, I get it. It's also because they're the two things that are kind of bringing us joy, right? Like, so, like, I get it. It's just th- it's just to say that, like, if they're not playing together, it's not necessarily in spite of you. <laughs> right. Because just- I, will, I will tell people right now, do you know how badly I wanted Cam Atkinson and Patrick Lining? To be the peanut butter and jelly of this team. Oh, and the way in which they actually like were the way like, in which they actually hated each other, and it right. was really not a good thing. <laughs> it was really the, the demise of Cam Atkinson being a Columbus Blue Jacket. So, <laughs> Laura's like, and even though it was the worst thing that ever fucking happened to me. <laughs> But sometimes our dreams just can't come true and people just can't play. They just don't play well together. They will in a pinch sometimes, but like, you know, not everyone's a Boone Jenner where you can put them wherever and they will do the same thing that they do all the time. And also Boone Jenner's not always Boone Jenner in that scenario. Like, it just doesn't always happen. So it's just, yeah. Sometimes we're just not meant for good things. That's another good one. Mm. Man, that sucks. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the name of the episode. Or he's just a boy. <laughs> I'm wondering if it's none of this is ideal. <laughs> or if it's what you just said, which I've already forgotten, but thank God it's recorded. Yes. Do you also forget? I Amazing. <laughs> You know what? This has been a little cathartic. <laughs> I like don't hate it as much as I did when we started. <laughs> I think probably the listeners appreciate that. And no, hear me. No, 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 no. Like I hate it. I just don't hate it. 
you know what I mean? Like I hate what's happening for the blue jackets and I'm like not loving that part of it, but like I hated talking about it <laughs> when we started the show and now I'm like, okay, like I feel a little bit better talking about it. I still don't like want to, but like I feel better about it. Growth. 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 Um anyway. How are you feeling about it after that rant session? Well, I mean there's always Saturday. <laughs> but like still hate it. Like Yeah, I mean again, it's not ideal. It's not where I want it to be. Hockey is something that brings me joy. And you know, I I do feel with all of the other fans who are frustrated. You know, doing this show, I've had to learn a lot more about the ins and outs of hockey and like how things work and, you know, the business of the game and all of this sort of stuff and which I've loved doing and I've loved being a part of and I've loved seeing the behind the scenes and, you know, doing these types of things. But sometimes I do miss the just being a fan part of it. And I think I've I've fallen more into that this week in particular because hockey is something that I cling on to so much as a as a part of joy. And like when a, in a week and in in a month and a half of like really needing those things, like needing them like as much as I need air, like and having it be just like this up and down turmoil like is just not conducive to what I need it to be and so I am frustrated I'm back to being the just the fan where I just want them to be fucking good I just for once they don't even have to be super good like I just want them to be consistent and like we're we're getting zero consistency um and it's just it's back to that feeling I remember having like in the first two seasons of of being a hockey fan where you would laugh at me about like the irrational irrational times that I would get happy or the irrational times that like I'd be upset about something when I was you know it was mostly the upset stuff because it was like (laughs) I I promise it's been worse and now here we are I'm like yeah remember what I said and you know stuff like that and so it's been harder to see the the bigger picture I guess um, but so, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's always cathartic to have these conversations, you know, and to, to be able to talk about it together and hopefully for our listeners to be able to have a similar experience listening to it. But yeah, I mean, I get it. I'm with them. I'm, I'm just as frustrated because I want, I want the joy. I want the the happiness. I want the streamers like, I just want that and I need that and I want them to want it as much as I do. And these, you know, fucking answers that are, you know, just repeated robotic responses after every single situation like this, like are just not enough. Agreed. Agreed. And uh, we'll be on a hunger strike until it's enough. So figure that out, everybody. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to do that because I frankly think that I'm going to be hungry before they figure it out. Probably. Most I, humans would be. Yeah, I just think. Um, 
No, I mean, I think you said all of it perfectly, especially the part about the joy and just like needing it. And so like wishing to be in that space, maybe that's like what a lot of this has been. Like maybe a lot of it has been like the, there have been times in my life that I know and like more times in my life than like right now. Right. Like I could check out a little bit. I could maybe just like pass by some of these like rough spots or um, you know what I mean? Like I could just like, long for things to be different or like whatever have you and like not care about the other side of it but now that i do like i just long for, i think i miss those moments too like you're saying laura like i think it comes out even more during moments like this where i'm like oh, i just want better for y'all like i just like and i want better for selfishly me and so that's the part of it that i think i'm struggling with right now too so i think you summed it up really well but oh gosh i'm trying to think is there anything else on your hockey heart this week that we didn't cover that wasn't about our Columbus Blue Jackets or any of the things attached to them? Well, it is about the Columbus Blue Jackets. And even though I'm frustrated with them, I'm still filled with joy because we're getting two new Blue Jacket babies. Oh, yeah. That's which is hilarious. Go ahead. I'll let you say who it is and what it is. But I saw a post that did make me laugh very hard today. Uh, so earlier this week, we found out that Johnny Gaudreau and his wife Meredith are expecting baby number two, um, and they actually kept that secret really well because she's actually in her third trimester, um, which I think also explains why he had to miss um, a travel day earlier this season, uh, more than likely, I assume, that's something call. to do with Meredith's pregnancy. Um, so congratulations to them. But then today... It was announced that our beloved broken jawed captain is going to be a dad. He and his brand new wife, Maggie, are expecting a little boy in May. So a little baby boon. Oh, wow. That is really cute. I, the post that I saw was somebody said, this man knew that he wasn't playing playoff hockey when they conceived that child. I thought that was hilarious because, like, for sure, like, your first baby being born in May would suck if you were, like, on a team that was making a run. Correct. Good news, though. Not on a team making a run. So, um, no, but I, I do love that. He's going to be a fun dad. I think that he's going to be a lot of fun to watch, like, just, like, doing the dad thing. So, and also not the first hockey players seem to like get married and then immediately start having kids. I feel like it's the PR of it all. Yeah. I mean, because they got married in August. So, listen, efficient, efficient, good work on the procreation. So, and now he can do all those things like put stuff together and. Paint a nursery since he's Which not playing for the so next his, six weeks. So his vibe. Yeah, his wife's probably like, hell yeah, brother. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's like still very, very mobile and very much like no, no, like real. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying that. Like, I fucking know like exactly what her pregnancy has been like so far. But all of that to say, she is still like in a space, I'm assuming, as most women are at the beginning of their pregnancy, that she can like actually enjoy the fact that he is helping it versus like feeling like she needs him to help 
Probably a badass. Well, and she's probably super grateful that they decided to take these pictures before he got hit in the face. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Good timing on that one. Because <laughs> these pictures were definitely prior to the broken jaw. So. Oh, yeah. Have to be. <laughs> or else somebody's really good at Photoshop. And yeah, it, and they just make up over whatever gigantic bruise he has on his face. Oh, and I can't think of the a word. swelling. Like, if you were a hockey player, what's like what's the injury that you would be the most afraid of? Outside of being cut with a blade? Yeah, because I know you have a fear of bleeding to death, so not mm-hmm. that one. Yeah. Um... Probably the teeth thing. I really would not want to get my teeth knocked out. I see, I was gonna say like along the same lines, like it's it's a broken jaw. Like I can't imagine mm-hmm. having a broken jaw. Like that would really suck. Breaking an arm, okay. Separating a shoulder, damn. Needing a, a surgery, okay. Like, but my jaw. Dang. Yeah. It, it just. I, Ugh. Yeah, it just freaks me out. And I've listened because I've got some Tempur-Pedic love happening. Like I could absorb a shot, but not on my jaw. Like that's the piece of it. <laughs> it's not there anywhere but there. Um. Well, so yeah, quick there. quick recovery. But yeah, build that crib while you got the time. Yeah, the, no, for sure. Um. But then this is just another like random thing. It doesn't even have to do with the blue jackets. But probably for the best, to be honest. I, along with the rest of the world, was just incredibly stunned to find out that Tukarask is the Bruins emergency goalie. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yep. He is definitely the Bruins e-bug. What? And Why? He definitely so practiced funny. last week when they thought that it may come that he was needed because yeah. Jeremy Swayman was sick or injured. That's so funny. Like what? Like, talk about having, like, an ideal emergency backup goalie in one of the greatest goaltenders of all time. That's so funny. That is so funny. Well, you know. Good gig if you can get it, I guess. Wow, Steven Stamkos has four goals against Yeah, he's on my fantasy team. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Oh, well, I was winning. You're not anymore. <laughs> I, yeah, no shit. Damn. That's case, wild. Listeners, in case you didn't get it, we're playing each other in fantasy this week. You're, I mean, your team is just absolutely insane today. You, okay, but you're still only beating me by two points. Yeah, that's just because my normal Seattle players haven't popped off like they normally do. Which is weird because they're like kicking the shit out of Chicago right now. I just don't think that your guys have gotten in on any of it. I picked up Tom Wilson today. Did you see that? Ew. He had seven points tonight. 
<laughs> I was like, okay, Still. Tom. I was like, Tom, Jesus, hello. I have a moral objection to that. Leon Dreisaitl had 1.9. Connor McDavid had 7.1. Okay, Leon, what the fuck? Asshole. Okay, anyway. I should probably just stop talking like we're not still recording a podcast. Um, so, <laughs> Laura, if you don't have anything else on your hockey heart, I don't know that I have anything else. I'm feeling like my hockey heart is a little less cold. It's still lukewarm, but it's a little less frigid. My heart didn't grow six sizes as a practice of this exercise, but maybe like two. Sure. It's a little... Thawed. A little more. Yeah, a little bit. We'll, um, we'll see well, how it is after the next, you know. Yeah, check in again next Two games. Yeah. Because, like, this could go one way or another. Like, <laughs> this game could be, like, the thing that, like, just absolutely is, like, man, we really do fucking suck. We should probably mail this one in. Or it could be, like, a wow, we were really good for, like, 40 minutes of that game. I'm hoping it's like, louder don't want them to lose to New Jersey at home. I hate the New Jersey Devils so much. Hate them. So, like, I need them to just pull it together. Hate them. I don't give a shit about what they do at Buffalo next week on Tuesday, but... (sighs) Well, I kind of do, because I really don't need Paige Thompson. Well, you know what? It wouldn't be against you, but he is on my fantasy team. (laughs) So maybe he could pop off. I don't know. Um, but. So, yeah. There will be a couple of games. Fuck New Jersey. God damn. Before we record again. But just really want them to beat the Devils. So bad. Now that so. stupid song's in my head again. Ooh. She's a devil. <laughs> Bad little bitch, she a rebel. Okay, we need to go. <laughs> Laura, tell the good people where they can keep up with all of this chaos because here's the thing, folks. This doesn't just come to you in this form. It comes to you in uh, at least two other forms, sometimes three. Uh, it depends <laughs> on the day. Uh, but Laura, let the good folks know where they can find all of our chaos. Uh, you can follow our personal Twitter accounts at ITRJeremy and ITRLaura. You can follow the show on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at SubjectivelyPod. We're on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at SubjectivelySpeaking. Uh, we do have a website where you can find all the links to all of the things, which is SubjectivelySpeaking.com. Um, I doubt that they would get to you by Christmas, but if you want to, I don't know, get like a New Year's gift for yourself, you can check out our merch store, which is SubjectivelyMerch.com. And lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, particularly Apple Podcasts. You can scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. Uh, We don't understand how the algorithms work. Uh, We just know that all of your likes and subscriptions and comments and favorites and whatever um, helps to get us more notice in the hockey podcast charts um and bring a little bit more people to this lovely little community of ours um i kind of doubt it but if we are on your like spotify wrapped um let us know that would be kind of fun um apple apple music doesn't do something like that for podcasts so um but yeah so other than that uh we just love and appreciate you all so much
That we do. And until we get the chance to talk to you all next time, please make sure that you take care of yourselves, take care of one another, and remember that hockey is for everyone. And, yeah, no, we really do and truly mean everyone. Uh, And we will talk to you all this time again next week. Bye.